All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I, don't, I won't cover the Canucks. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off-air, let's go.
Hello and welcome to another episode of the Canucks Conversation Podcast. We are also live over on YouTube. A little bit late here. Apologies for that, uh, but we will make sure to have a great show. And we will have a great show because joining me in studio, Harmon Dial, it's Fridays with Harm, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. Zephyr Epic, you can use promo code Hockey Season to get you $5 off your order. And that promo code also gets you free delivery on all orders over $50 Canada-wide. From anywhere in Ontario, from anywhere in Prince Edward Island, from anywhere in BC, Canada-wide. Um, we are having a little bit of troubles here with our uh, our YouTube and our video side here, it looks like. Uh, but uh, hey, we're here and we are recording for the podcast, if anything. We'll see if uh, if our producer, Aaron, can figure it out. Clipmaster Aaron, by the way. Uh, filling in for Alex Lard today here on the producer's chair. He's going to have some work to do today with the clips. All right, let's dive into it, Harm. We're a little bit late, so I don't want to spend too much time wasting anything here. Um, let's dive into the the big dump of news, I guess, so far this early on this Friday morning. Um, the biggest one, I think, right off the top, Philip Aronik being shut down for the season. We heard that from Rick Tocca today at practice. It is the same shoulder that gave him... Uh, that made him miss the like miss some games for the last little bit here uh, before coming back from injury after the trade, but the same shoulder they're going to shut him down for the rest of the season. Any surprises here with Phil Peronic? Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect him to necessarily get uh, get shut down. I think it's um, prudent for the organization not to risk any type of worsening of the situation. These are meaningless games. You'd rather be one hundred percent confident that he's good to go. And playing like his usual self um, at the start of next season. So I endorse the decision. Hey, if you had any sort of uncertainty, shut him uh, down there. And you just hope that it um, it isn't something that he tweaked or, or made worse. Uh, and that could have, ho- hopefully it doesn't have an impact moving forward long term anyway. Yeah. And the news that kind of came from it when Rick Tocchet was asked about it was like, hey, there's not going to be you know, a surgery or anything like that. It's just they're shutting him down. They want him to be 100% coming back for next season. Uh, I guess your impressions of Ronick this season then. We, we got to see him for a few games here. I think he brought a lot to the back end, moved the puck well, made a lot of smart decisions, and, hey, looks like a top four defenseman. I think you don't really have a huge sample size to kind of work with, but I felt every single game probably with him in the lineup, he would make a handful of plays where I said, yeah, that's that's what a top four right shot defenseman looks like. So I have to think it's it's positive, even though he's shut down for the rest of the year. This little stint here, pretty positive, I think, for what we're going to see next season. Absolutely. He's just a steady presence where when he's on the ice, you just feel more comfortable. You know that he's going to execute the fundamentals. You know that he's going to impress... I don't even know if impress is the right word, but you know that he's going to consistently do the job in terms of making the right outlet passes, hitting forwards and strides in the neutral zone. You know that he's been pretty solid defensively. He's been able to make smart decisions with and without the puck. And he's done it in pretty challenging circumstances, obviously spending some time on the left side, playing alongside Tyler Myers at times. It's a, it's a lot to ask for a defenseman to switch and play on his left side all of a sudden, and I think he's handled that adjustment pretty well, not to mention when a player comes back from injury and has missed two, three, four weeks, if not uh, if not a little bit longer, that their conditioning isn't 
quite going to be the same when they get back up to speed. And when you look at the minutes that he was playing, the Canucks' schedule, which included a back-to-back, for him to hold up this well, I've uh, I've been largely impressed. Yeah, I think it's going to make a massive impact for next season, um, obviously. And, and that's kind of the, the big like I guess news topic of the day I think off the top it's probably the biggest one uh, but there's not a lot to really dive into it's not like we can yeah. spend a 15 he's officially minutes Canuck. About he's hurt so yeah, yeah no he's <laughs> yeah he's finally getting the uh you know he's got the black skate he's got that opportunity he skated in the blue and now he gets to uh to be a hockey player on uh injury reserve for the next little bit here uh one guy who won't be on injury reserve anytime soon uh Aiden McDonough and Jack Rathbone the buddies are getting in tonight at Rogers Arena. It's going to be Pride Night tonight uh, at Rogers Arena for the Canucks to face off against the Calgary Flames. We did see McDonough skating on a line with, and he was skating on the fourth line today. Let me pull this up real quick so I can make sure I got this correct. Uh, McDonough was skating with Sheldon Dries and Jack Studnika on a fourth line tonight. Uh, Jack Rathbone playing on the third pairing alongside Kyle Burrows. So, both these young guys getting an opportunity to play. Rathbone is up here on emergency recall right now. And I guess that's somewhat to do with Hironic. It's also because uh, Akito Hirose is not ready to hop into the lineup just yet. They want to get him a few more skates before he's up to speed. So now we've got uh, Jack Rathbone hopping into the lineup tonight, which is good because I thought that Jack was just going to get that one game and then just that was going to be it. We're going to come back to next season, see what he's got. Another opportunity for him to prove himself tonight in front of Rick Tockett, and he'll be playing with Kyle Burrows tonight on the third pairing. Yeah, he's uh, he's looked well in that back-to-back with, uh, I think it was Dallas first and then Chicago after. For me, especially in that Chicago game, his puck-moving ability finally translated at the NHL level. That's been, I think, the biggest disappointment when you look at Rathbone's game earlier in the season. Both for this year and at the start of uh, last season as well, when Travis Green was still the head coach, was it seemed like he wasn't able to translate his effectiveness as a puck mover in the AHL to the NHL level. Especially, I think, early in, the, early in this year, he made a lot of... Um, he missed the mark on a lot of his passes on breakouts, which for Rathbone to stick in the NHL, he needs to he needs to make an impact on zone exits because that's his biggest strength when you look at his skating uh, and what his skill set brings to the table. So another opportunity from here, I will say for from the Canucks' standpoint, you're probably just hoping at this point that he's able to show enough to maybe build a little bit of trade value in uh, in mm-hmm. the summer that to where you could potentially use him as a sweetener or something because I don't see him as a long-term fit with uh, with the organization, just based off the lack of opportunity he's gotten, right? And I'm not, I'm not saying that's a good or bad thing necessarily. I'm just looking at the facts. And you saw Will Annan get an opportunity before Rathbone. You saw Breezeball get an opportunity before him. You saw with Hirose, he's a similar archetype of player. When you look at the skating, the puck moving. So for me, there's a lot of competition there. And the fact that even after he had looked pretty decent in the back-to-back set, that they immediately sort of sent him down, brought Breeze Ball back into the lineup, that to me suggests that, especially when you have a new head coach, if if they had any legit thought that, okay, we think that he's going to make an NHL impact this season, they would have kept him around and and given the head coach a, more of an opportunity to see what they have in him. So uh, good, good opportunity for him, but... 
I still don't think that he's in the Canucks' long-term plans, at least in terms of being an everyday defenseman next year. Yeah, because you look at this season and you're like, he was given an opportunity at the start of the year, got some NHL games, went down to the AHL, and when he got to the AHL, he wasn't the guy anymore. And I think that made it difficult for him to have those godly point total numbers that basically Christian Wolanin had in that role that he was playing. So you look at that, and with Christian Wolanin, him coming back next year, he's got to be above Rathbone in the depth chart. Oh, for sure. Right? Like he he's has a more to reliable be. player. And you can start to make the argument about Philip Johansson, who I want to get to a little bit later because I know you uh, you wrote about this earlier in the week. There, there are some defensemen coming that are going to not necessarily jump, but at least be in that mix. And I think Christian Wolanin is an example of a guy who's jumped him. Has Guillaume Brisebois jumped Jack Rathbone in the depth chart? Probably make an argument for yeah. yes. Based off the opportunity, yeah. And the fact that, and I've talked about this a lot on the show, but if you are playing games for the head coach this season, it's it's bigger than anything you can do in the offseason. Because the coach has seen you play. He's seen you in an NHL game. He knows what you can do in an NHL game. He knows what you need to see work on. So, like, Breezebot, to me, is, is going to start next season higher up in the depth charts than Jack Rathbone. So, if you look at the year for Rathbone, yeah, it's been a tough one. Like, he, he was injured again a couple times, a couple different injuries that kept him out of the lineup. He was sent down to the AHL and wasn't given that role where he thrived last season. And now he's been jumped by a couple of guys on the left side. You're, you're right. Like, uh, you hope that he can kind of build up his stock. And, like, I, we love dealing with the kid. He's one of the best players to deal with as just like a, as a person. But it might be better for him to find a spot somewhere else next year for his NHL career because things aren't working out here. It just, it's, to me, it's... It's laying out basically a perfect equation for one of these players who we talk about where it's like, ah, you know, change of scenery would be nice. Like, that's what it's starting to feel like for Rathbone here. Yeah, on a team that has, say, a really strong top four, good system, is one of the better teams in the league. Let's say they have a physical Luke Shen type right shot defenseman who's more of the stay at home presence. Could Rothbone have potential as a number six, seven defenseman who can move the puck in sheltered minutes? Maybe. I think there's definitely potential for him to make an impact in that type of capacity. I just don't see him being the best fit in Vancouver where the team needs defensemen who are actually reliable in their own end, which he was better in the Chicago game, but we haven't seen enough consistency with. And, and you might be able to speak... Uh, better or more towards this as well. But even at the AHL level, it's not as if he's a stalwart defensively. No, I don't think so. And I think that's, he's not out down there killing penalties or, you know, being relied upon to be the guy who they really have to, if they're, you know, protecting a one goal lead, the player that they're going to end up putting out there and stuff like, like that's, that's not what he is. He's in the AHL looking like, Looking like he, like not really surprising anyone with anything. He's like doing a lot of the same things he did last year when he gets the opportunity on the first power play unit. He looks good. The shot still is a very strong slap shot. But yeah, it's like you haven't seen that step that a lot of us were hoping for this year. Of, I think he just needed to add something to his game to get to the level where we could talk about him as a everyday NHLer, right? Like if he added one thing and it didn't have to just be like really good defensively, it could have been like the thing you mentioned earlier of like if he can move the puck with confidence. And if he was really good at that, he'd be in the NHL. It just feels like he didn't get a chance to... Re- well, you know, he had a chance, but at the same time, I do think it was disrupted by injuries. It was disrupted by sending down to the AHL. Didn't have a chance to really build this year on anything. And that can be because of injury. That could be because of other things. Could be because of play as well. Like, it, when he did come back in the AHL, he wasn't great. 
he was you could tell he was a player who missed some time due to an injury and I think that's the thing that's unfortunate is years like that are going to happen to players when they happen to you when you're 22 23 years old it's really difficult because that's when you're trying to break into the NHL and get that opportunity that's what Rathbone's trying to do right now so I don't know I don't know what the future is for him uh, with this team, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, Akito Hirose, we mentioned it. He needs a few more skates before he gets in the lineup. Uh, hopefully we can see him before the end of the season. Sounds like Talkett said it's going to be like two to three more skates. Um, he also said that he wants to see better conditioning for Vitaly Kravtsov, who is a player that, like, man, there's there are little flashes. It feels like there's, like, one every game where you're like, ah, oh, that's a really nice play. But then it's like the rest of the game, you're like, where's Kravtsov? What's he doing? Like, where where is he on the ice? That's the yeah. way I'm feeling about it anyways. Like, yes, there's a little bit of skill there but I don't know he just hasn't he really hasn't impressed me I know some people like were a little bit excited early on I just never was nothing really excited me about Kraftsov so far in a Canucks jersey yeah I just I don't see him working towards that consistency Mm. I mean again you might see the occasional shift where on the off in the offensive zone off the forecheck you're like okay he's using his size to win a puck battle but and he has had, like, as you mentioned, one good chance a game. Yeah. But we haven't seen a bottom line offensively. I've seen too many instances where he'll turn a puck over. I've seen too many instances where he, ha- where he hangs on to it for too long. I just don't see enough there, mm. to be honest, for me to go. Like, I look at him and I'm like, you're. N- I don't see enough talent. I don't see enough skill to envision a top six player. And I don't see enough defensive responsibility. I don't see enough. I, I don't see him a- adding enough value in other areas beyond the offense to justify a bottom six spot. And even with the offense, he hasn't produced yet. So here's here's a good question. Not necessarily a question, but I'm going to turn it into one from Canucks need right handed D here on the chat. All caps. He needs AHL time. I don't know if he's going to go to the AHL. Oh yeah, but if he was, plus he'd need to go on waivers. Right. Could this organization convince him about AHL time for his development? Could you, you know, next season, you know, you sign him to a one-year deal or whatever it may be. Could you convince him next year that there's a good, this is like a real plan here. Development's just down the road. It's not across the country like Utica or something random like an AHL team. Like this is just down the road. It's down the highway. You're working with a lot of the same guys, whether that be the Sedins or, you know, Yogi heading out there as well. Like, I wonder if you could convince this guy who is a Dan Milstein client. Milstein obviously has a good relationship with the Canucks and their management group. I wonder, because if not, I feel like he's not going to come into next season from what he's done this year and be on the NHL roster. He's not going to be in the opening night lineup, not with the wingers that this team has. So can you convince him AHL time is the way to do it? Or is Kravtsov going back to the KHL going to have success there? Because I think he would. I think he'd have success in the KHL. I don't know him well enough to be able to read into how he processes that situation. Obviously he had uh, instances with the Rangers development where he got frustrated at points and then just was like, okay, I'm going back to Russia. And it wasn't um, the best relationship between those two sides. It's tough to make a read on what that says about his persistence Mm -hmm. without knowing the nuances and details of, what happened in that relationship, right? How the Rangers tre- treated him, how uh, how he responded to their uh, t- to what they wanted to see out of him, and how they wanted wanted him to improve and work on work on his game. You, the Abbotsford point is a good one in the sense that it's a much easier adjustment, where it's like, okay, you don't need to move; it's right close by. 
there's a lot of uh, player development. You feel a lot closer to the NHL environment, whereas when the team was in Utica, I know players that got sent down there, it's like the team, would, Jim Benning would go once one trip a year yeah. to see them, and it's like you just feel disconnected. You feel like there's no eyes on you. I think there's something about like taking like a, you know, and a seven-hour flight. A gar, like, not, no offense to anybody who lives in No, I mean, Utica. You, like players hate that city. Have you ever heard the, the Thatcher Demko story about when they got robbed? Like yeah. he got robbed for yeah. his PlayStation uh, in living in Utica. I mean, it's so not maybe, the greatest spot. But waivers enters the equation, and it's like sure. at that point, is is a team? You know, a team probably would, right? Team would take a go. At I mean, I don't think if he's you're, sensitive. but I wonder say Chicago you, or Arizona. Yeah. I'm just thinking from their perspective. It's like you you have such you know you basically have no talent on your roster, and you've got this guy who is what like a top ten, top fifteen draft pick. Yeah. Might as well. It's free. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, it would be interesting to see if maybe something in the contract. I mean, Ole, somebody claimed Ole Levy off waivers when it looked like he had nothing there just because right. of his draft pedigree. I think it was. Was it? Actually, no. Like First, he got traded in the Yohal Amico to Florida. And then when he got waived, wave, Detroit picked him up. Yeah. So. I wonder what he's doing this year. I think he's with, um, is he with the Gulls in the, uh, in the AHL? I don't think I've seen him play that much uh, this year. But um, now I want to look it up. Yeah, he is. I need to see where where is? Yeah, he's Oli? in. He's with the Gulls. Thirteen where points in, in uh, thirty-one games. Wow. So he's playing. I haven't seen it. He wasn't at Abbotsford uh, in in the time when the Gulls were up here. So maybe maybe they have another game uh, where Abbotsford's hosting the Gulls here before the end of the season. We'll check that out. We have some more AHL stuff to get to as well. But first, and I'm not sure how this is going to go because the video is uh, crap in the bed today. It's the damn Edmonton Wi-Fi over there. Whatever they got going on there, I tell you, it's not it's not what we got. All right. Let's uh, let's see if we can run this graphic or not. Uh, Fridays, we're going to try and do this with you continually here, Harm. Who's impressed Harm? Um, and look at this. We do have a graphic. It's just my video is, is hey. way off here. Uh, Harm, why don't you tell us who... And I found this interesting because I know the name. I found this very interesting. This player has impressed you. Who was the person that impressed you this week? Aiden McDonough. And I don't mean impressed in the sense where I'm like... Oh my God, he's already ready to be an impact NHL player. He's going to make the team next year. It's it's all coming together. I know that McDonough's probably going to need some time in Abbots for next season, at least at the start. I was just, I saw enough there in that NHL debut against the Blackhawks. And of course, you have to mention the, the quality of competition. So I have to be careful not to read too much into one game. But... I saw enough to where where I was like, okay, I can see the potential for him being an impact NHL or for him adding legitimate value to to the Vancouver Canucks down the road. For starters, because I'll be honest, yes, he needs to improve his acceleration. His um his jump, the explosion explosion in the first couple strides, isn't there yet. But his overall pace, especially the top end speed, once he like picks up a few strides. Actually, a lot better than I thought. Mm-hmm. He didn't look nearly as much of much of a skating liability as I thought he would. Well, there's would some be. power there in the stride. Oh right? yeah, like I think that's the thing that's that's changed in the last two years. Was two years ago there wasn't any push on on his stride. Like the working with a skating coach for the first time last summer. That's made a very big difference. I think. Yeah, he he like. His, he, he looked to keep up with NHL pace much better than I thought. And again, there's still work to be done there. For sure. But 
for instance, I highlighted one play on the back check where he was hounding a guy. There was a change in direction and it helped him disrupt the Blackhawks' counterattack. And I'm like, okay, he kept up there. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. There was, so he had a couple of scoring chances right around the blue, blue paint, right? There was a play where he received the puck in the neutral zone from a defenseman and he pretty dynamically skated it into the zone for the clean entry, which allowed the Canucks to set up the zone time that eventually led to the scoring chance. And I was like, okay, like... That's progressive for a that's player. Progressive. Play, like, yeah. That's progressive. That's good to see. I also saw a lot of um, positives in terms of he looks like a really smart player in the offensive zone in terms of how he anticipates where the puck is going to be next. There were at least two or three plays in the forecheck where his line mates were, were doing a good job of pressuring and McDonough did a good job of putting himself in the right position to then swoop in as the third guy and be able to retrieve the loose puck. And it helped the Canucks establish some zone time. And then even when the Canucks did um, create some zone time, he seemed to have an innate NHL quality understanding of where to park himself in and around the net or the slot to ensure that he can get some shots off. And the shot itself, too, by the way, we, we've seen it in morning skates. We've seen it in mm-hmm. practices. Talk it, talk it's about it It's got some today. zip. Yeah, I, when I asked uh, if McDonough was in the lineup today to Rick Talkett, he said, yeah, like he's been very impressed with his shot just in practice. I, I think the thing that I was worried about with him making the jump to the NHL was something that started in his freshman season, kind of went away as his time went on in Northeastern, but just being almost anchored to the spot on the ice where he knows he can score goals from. Mm. And I thought if he does that at the NHL level, we're going to be in trouble, right? Like if he just sits on that right half wall and thinks that he can get a, you know, cause listen, he could do it in NCAA. He could just post up on the right half wall, whether it was five on five or power play, that was his spot. And that's where he scored all of his goals from. So I was like, ah, I hope he doesn't just try that at the NHL Cause you're not going to do that at the NHL level. You're not going to have enough open space and be able to create shot opportunities for yourself by just standing still. like, And that's the thing that I've been impressed with is the scoring chances that he's had. I think have been in the slot, around the crease, those type of things. Um, and we'll have to see what it looks like. I, there was another comment uh, earlier in the chat, like him on a line with um, with Studnika and Dries. Like if, if McDonough sticks out as the guy driving play on that line tonight, I think that's massive. Like that would be a huge win for him going into next season. So tonight's a little bit of a challenge for him to, do you want to like establish yourself as a legitimate NHL player possibly for next season. Like you can do that tonight. You know that tonight if you if you look way better than Jack Stanika and you're playing the opposite wing, if you look like a better version of him tonight on that fourth line, that's going to do wonders for him going into next season in the eye of the coaches and probably the organization as well. Yeah, and the reason I say there's probably going to be a bit of uh, a maturing in terms of how long it takes for him to hit his potential not that it will take a really long time because he, because he's a mature prospect he's already, already mature, 23 yeah. <laughs> but there were moments where you could tell in the defensive zone he he needs some work right he needs time to understand NHL patterns there were a couple situations where he looked lost i mean right off the opening shift he doubled up chasing the puck with Elias Patterson and yeah. it left the point open for Tenority who walked in and uh, hit the post there was a shift in the second period where he had where he had the puck along the wall twice. He tried to uh, tried to clear, couldn't make that play. Uh, that's the sort of 
those are the sort of details he's going to need to improve on, but I expected there to be warts for him because NCAA to NHL, like, oh. <laughs> imagine the jump. The NCAA to AHL even is, is a pretty sizable leap uh, to go straight into NHL action. I expected warts. I expected mistakes. For me, the biggest thing was I want to see a player who's engaged, who's involved, who where you can at least see the flashes, and I saw the flashes, mm. and that's why I was... Uh, happy and impressed with what, with what I saw. And I'm excited to see what he can do down the stretch. On that line, the only sort of, um, I don't want to say concern, but question I have is I don't know if there's anybody who can feed McDonough the puck Yeah, because he needs that to be effective, especially in the slot. Uh, so that, and, and there isn't a natural playmaker on the line. To that note, are you a little surprised that we haven't seen, you know, aside from his first shift as an NHLer, he hasn't been on a Pedersen line or a Miller line or, you know, really given an opportunity to play with some of the top end players. And, and you can kind of expand that off to the power play as well. We saw the power play, uh, the second unit today on the power play, Jack Rathbone, Tyler Myers, Connor Garland, uh, Anthony Bavillier and Sheldon Dries. So like, yeah, there's a spot for McDonough to do what he did so well in college. Hey, listen, I, I think a good example here is some people have made the comparison that, you know, obviously they came from the same school. They scored a lot of similar ways in the NCAA. But Adam Gaudet and Aiden McDonough, they are power play scorers. Like, I, I think if Gaudet could round out certain parts of his game, he could be on a lot of NHL teams' second power play unit. I think he was very he was, good in, for the Vancouver Canucks. He yeah. Some of the best, like, actual just goal scoring numbers with, like, player on ice scoring numbers, like, that year that got at and that, that second, second unit, unit was rolling. Was so good. Yeah. And I think that's where you can do something similar with McDonough. And I think that might be a spot where he can really help just like an NHL night to night, like lineup would be adding something on the second power play. And so I was a little surprised today to see two yeah, defensemen. Especially two defensemen. I hate that. That's my pet peeve. Oh, and I asked, I and asked I Tyler Myers it. about it too. And yeah. he was like, cause I was like, what's the best part about playing the left half all? And he's like, well, you know, and, what, what, and what is Tyler Myers going to do in the left? Okay. So wait, here, hold on. Let me say what because he, I, he, I'll, I'll see if I can Because I said here. this, he's going to score, right? Like this is the jinx, but yeah. like, come on. Let me see if I can pull it up. I got it here on my computer. Um, if I can get Myers's answer, um, all right, well, I got to play this because this is what Tyler Myers had to say on the topic. Uh, Left half ball was one thing you're excited about. Oh. You get to t- you get to tee him up sometimes. <laughs> Gets to tee him up sometimes. So Tyler Myers about to tee it up. Uh, yeah. All the chaos from the left side no. of the power play. I think McDonough's. I think this is where we we touched on this before he actually got into a lineup and played a game. It's like put him in a like a spot to succeed. Yeah. That's what this point of the season is. You just shut down Philip Hironik, who Rick Tockett today said like he could play if it was a if it was a playoff game or if we were making a push yeah. for the playoffs. He would play. Like they're they're kind of just shutting him down a little early. In that same logic, you got to put McDonough in here with some good opportunities because I, I think it's it's fine to get him an NHL game, let him play in front of Rogers Arena, like the fan base here. They're going to be excited to see McDonough, but if he's I don't think he's really in a spot where he's going to impress anyone tonight like he could yeah. but it's it's a difficult yeah spot. It's, it's a, a difficult, difficult spot ask. it let me put it this way if Phil Peronick is the right shot who has a really good um good release yeah if he if, if he looked lost on the left half wall it's not gonna work with Tyler Myers hmm. even if they get lucky and they somehow score tonight like it's not I, I am, I'm with you on that I don't think that he necessarily needs time with Patterson or Miller. I I wouldn't go to that extent, but 
would it be nice to see him, for example, with Connor Garland's been in the bottom six, mm. and you talk about a, a playmaker who can get him the puck in the yeah, slot? I'd like to see that too. I, like, like that's an idea for me where I'm like, they've skated together in the summer too. That pair um, played some golf together. Those yeah. two, their buddies. Garland's with, uh, also Boston area. Yeah, same uh, same city actually in the off season for those three uh, Canucks players. Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over seventy percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I want to dive into the AHL a little bit because we had a game last night. Uh, it was also a pretty big night because two players made their pro debuts. Uh, Max Sasson and Andy Carroll both made their debut last night. I thought both skated extremely well at the AHL level. Maybe they were just fresh and haven't had to go through the rigors of you know an AHL team, but it, sati- it satiated my expectations for the kind of debut of two players coming from the NCAA who aren't really highly touted. Like Andy Carroll's on an AHL deal. Um, Max Hassan signed uh, an ATO to play in the AHL playoffs and situations like that. So both of them looked impressive. Sasson got to, to play on the second line. They put him in a good opportunity uh, to play with Archie Baines. And I thought he was good. He moved the puck pretty well. He was definitely like lost in the neutral zone. I, I think a lot of this is probably structure and the things that, uh, Jeremy Carlton has done such a good job this year of letting the players know which lanes they need to fill and, and just little things like that. You could see that was lost a little bit last night. Um, but speed-wise, both of them impressed me, I, and I thought both of them fit right in uh, in their AHL debuts. Uh, Jet Wu had a two-point night last night, scored a goal, added an assist. And uh, Jet Wu's not the answer to this harm, but I got a little AHL trivia for you. Okay, let's go. There is one Vancouver, or sorry, there is one Abbotsford Canuck in the top 40 of the AHL for plus minus, do you think you can guess that Abbotsford Canuck who has the top, he's the only Abbotsford Canuck to show up in this top 40 of the AHL for plus minus. I don't think I'm going to nail it, but I will guess Archie Baines, not Baines. There's some big names down here in Abbotsford. It's one of the bigger names. Hoaglander, not Hoaglander. I think I want Carlson? you to guess it. No, I want you to keep going until you guess it. 
Bruh, you're going to make me go through the whole roster? I'll help you. It would come as a little bit of a surprise that this guy is not on the ice for a lot of goals against. The chat knows already. Um, I, I'll be honest. I sl- I barely slept last night, so my like <laughs> recall memory like this is not the time. Let of me give yet. you the answer here, and uh, Commander Vander had it. Danila Klimovich. Ah, Danila Klimovich. Uh, right. Some people have told me to pronounce it. Uh, I got to work on my pronunciation. Uh, he comes in. He scored a goal last night, uh, and that puts you know being on the ice for that goal four makes him now the number one player on the Abbotsford Canucks for plus minus and into the top 40 wow. for the HL. Does that surprising surprise you quite a bit? Like, yeah, this is surprising. a guy who last year had a, a very rough season in the AHL when it came to goals for and goals against. He was on the ice for a lot of goals against. Uh, in this season, you know, a plus 14 on the year, pretty damn good for, for the adjustments he's made to his game. I really think that that's something that um, over the next couple of weeks here, something I'm going to have to explore a little bit more of and, and talk to some people about because – there has been a change at Klimovich's game, and to me, he is back on track to be a prospect that excites me. After last yeah. season, where I started to drop down quite a bit on him, like he's back to the being in the level of like, you know, I have my tiers of prospects, and uh, you have yours as well. We'll get to those in a minute here, but I think that Klimovich has kind of gone back up into that upper echelon of like, you know, in the mix with Lukarimaki, Elias Pettersson, uh, Ati Ratu. Like he's in that mix now. To yeah, me. he's still so young and still making such a, a huge adjustment in his life. That this season, now that he's kind of adjusted to North America, he wants to stay in Vancouver. He was here all summer. I expect him to do the same thing again. If Rick Talkett's going to have some open ice, Klimovich is going to be there every time. Heck, I saw Klimovich in the summertime um, playing like road hockey with kids, like wow. <laughs> in some of the parks like around here in Vancouver. He just really? goes, yeah, he just puts on his rollerblades and he's playing road hockey, just like oh, that's awesome. You know, signing stuff for kids and everything, and just playing with like little kids on the on the on the like little. You know, hard. Uh, what am I trying to say here? The road hockey courts. Like, I don't know where they are here in Vancouver, yeah. but I've seen them out there. Um, Archer Seelovs was also really strong last night uh, in the four-two win for the Abbotsford Canucks. He stopped all the shots that he faced in the third period. Really locked things down uh, late in that game. So Seelovs another exciting thing. Canucks will play Manitoba again Saturday. A little matinee special, two p.m. Um, you have some prospect uh, stock watch things that I. Couple things I picked out of your article. I want to get uh, your thoughts on, but we will talk about the signing that the Canucks made. We brought it up earlier in the show. Like the Canucks actually had a pretty busy little news day uh, earlier today. From some of the comments we heard um, from Rick Tockett, some of the things we we heard from the organization as well. This was the big signing of the day, and I think we can get this graphic up here. Yeah, Nikita Tolopilo um, has signed with the Vancouver Canucks. Harm. I know you've watched this guy a million times here. You know, of every, course I have. <laughs> every no. odds and ends, you know what his what his mask is all about. The, yeah. the graphic on there behind. Yeah, there. Woodley probably has. You know what? He I, could I pro- talked Woodley, to Woodley could probably rattle off. He like, couldn't. I talked to him today. He didn't really? know anything about this yeah, guy. No. Um, so here, here's here's the uh, the skinny on him. He's six foot six, and he's played. He played in forty five games this season in the Allsvenskan. So that's the second tier over there in Sweden. Um, that's six more games than any other goalie in that league. So the guy played a ton of games in the offensive. So he played in 45 games. I, you know, someone could correct me if I'm wrong, especially if you're listening from Sweden, but I think it's 52 or 56 games in the season. So this dude played a ton, had a 28, 17 and four record, uh, a 924 save percentage and a 210 goals against average. So, Hey, nice little addition. Uh, I expect him to probably be a guy that, Hey, they're going to have a very young uh, goaltending duo down there yeah. in Abbotsford next year. This is probably the guy who, if he does come to North America, which I think the expectation is that, he'll come over here and, and be with Arthur Seelovs down what, in Abbotsford. What does this mean for Spencer Martin? 
what does this mean for Spencer Martin and Colin Delia? They have to make a yeah, decision. Well, Delia, I'd expect they'll probably move on from. Yeah, I think, and I've been in this camp for a long time. I do think the Canucks are, they have a plan for Spencer Martin down in the AHL. Like, otherwise like, they'd be playing. Do they want him to be full-time backup next season? Is I that the so. plan? I, I I would guess right now mm. that they do go back to Spencer Martin as the backup next year because I think they like him in that role. They yeah. don't like him as a starter. Nobody does. Yeah, I don't think I mean, he liked it as a starter. Look, it, it wasn't like, yes, he was bad. Yeah. No doubt about it. But also being thrust into that position oh, in that defensive environment with that level of pressure on the team in a red-hot Canadian market. I mean, I imagine how that could crush your confidence once oh, a couple things start going wrong. Well, it's true. That's a tough thing. It felt like me before the show here. You trying to you tell me all this AI information. I'm trying to <laughs> trying to hang in and have a conversation with you. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, I think that's going to be the route that they go with next season. I do think Spencer Martin's going to be back in okay. that chair as the backup. Um, but I do think that we could see something similar to Thatcher Demko's year, where he worked himself into getting NHL games. Like you could see. Uh, Spencer Martin kind of just be thrown back to the AHL when, when they want to get C-Lobs yeah. in backing up. Like, that could happen well, at some point. That's the beauty year. of having Abbotsford so close is yeah. you can legit be like, all right, we're, we don't have to actually, like, physically move these guys. We want to give Arthur C-Lobs a start in uh, at, at home here, right? It wouldn't work on the road, but at home here in Rogers Arena, can use him. Here's the other thing, too. He's on his ELC uh, next season, final year of Arthur C-Lobs ELC, so it's perfect. Cheap. It's perfect. You can also you can have three goalies on your roster. You can do things very. I don't think easy. you'd want that. No, you but want you to burn the uh, roster spot. What I'm saying is like for oh a week, yeah yeah you know you yeah. use some other guy like with, with the yeah. option there with waivers. Uh, there's a couple things that would make it a little difficult, but um, I do think a lot of it you can work him in next year for a spot start here and there, give him an opportunity, especially if he's playing well and he's earned it. So um, that's a situation that I I did love. Um, Loved your work on the prospect stock watch over there, uh, which I don't know. Was that early this week or late last week? Anyways, it was Wednesday. I think. Wednesday. So you put out the uh, your 2023 prospect stock watch over at The Athletic, which you can check out uh, right now, which you posted on Wednesday. You said, one takeaway that I had was some comments from Ryan Johnson, and I'm sure you've uh, been asked about this already, um, that they would love to get Philip Johansson over here once his SHL playoffs are over, uh, and that they expect Johansson to come in next season and compete for an NHL job. Some high praise. It sounded like you got yeah. from Ryan Johnson about Philip Johansson. They love him for, for, by the way, I know we've talked about him a lot on the show, but say this is the first time tuning into this show. You're probably like, Holy crap. This YouTube channel sucks because the video is trash. But if you're just listening to this in podcast form for the first time, Philip Johansson, right shot guy. We talk about him a lot on the show. He's in the SHL playoffs right now, uh, who the Canucks signed last off season as one of their European free agents. They like this guy a lot. They want to give him yeah. all the opportunity in the world. Eh? They they expect him. They expect him to play NHL games next season. Whether it's straight out of camp making the team, or Ryan Johnson said, if it's a bit of time in Abbotsford and and he's back up at some point, they they expect him to make a legit big league um, impact here, which is fascinating. Because look, if they're high on a right shot defense prospect, great. Yeah, like, great. That's what this team. Um, Needs you hope that they're right. The other thing to keep in mind that I think is important context with uh, with this situation is that, of course, he was drafted late in the first round, twenty eighteen, and then of course the Wild decided not to sign him. I think it's an important distinction to make that it wasn't that the Wild looked at him and went, "He's not worthy of a contract slot." It's that because of the league rules, they 
got a compensatory second round pick it was worth it. in 2022 for not signing a first round prospect. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that they went, oh, th- th- we don't see an NHL future for this guy. We're just going to let him walk. It was we see a better NHL future in a in second, a, round, a second pick. round pick. Yeah. So I think that's that's important context as well. And yeah, he's had a strong year in the SHL playing. Um, I don't think there's a real like number one on Forlunda's uh, team. They're all kind of the the top three guys are all kind of around the low 20, 20 minutes mark. Yeah. In you have game, time. Like I've seen games where he's 26 minutes. I've seen games where he's in the 18s. Like, yeah. Uh, he, so you're right. He, there is. He's one of the main sort of horses on the back I, end. What I'd say he's the main thing, main defenseman back there is like the power play quarterback. Like yeah. that's what he's done all season long. Um, and that's why I kind of, I've thought if he does go to the AHL next year, which I still expect, I do expect him to start in the AHL. I think if he starts in the AHL, he's PP one right shot guy bombing that point. You know, I think that's going to be great for him and a good opportunity for him to make that adjustment to North America. Also the fact that um, he's, ch- you know, he's friends with obviously Lucas Forsell. We've talked about in the past, their childhood friends. He's also apparently good friends with Niels Amon as well. And all the Swedes here, it's going to make it a pretty comfortable landing spot uh, for him when he comes over here. So this team is just going to be a mix of, Swedes and Dan Milstein clients. Yeah, it's, it's going to be the, the, the Facebook uncles are not going to like that in our comment <laughs> section. They're going to be uh, blasting us here. One uh, one comment I want to get to, um, and for anybody who read uh, Harm's article, I see a couple questions about it. Um, trending down, you had Jonathan LeCaramacki. Yeah. Um, obviously, you scored the two goals, and I know you, you talked uh, talked about that in the article as well, but this was more of a you looking back at the whole season prospect watch, yeah. right? Because you can say absolutely that it was a down season for LeCarrie yeah. Mackey. Uh, he gets his playoff, his second round of the Alsvenskan playoffs going on Sunday. They swept their first series. He scored in the two goals. How important? I'm not going to ask you why he was falling, because I completely understand. Yeah. I think everybody here in the chat understands as well why he was on the falling part of your list. But how good could this next three playoff series be if he goes on a run in the Alsvenskan playoffs? Like, how different... Do you view Lekaramaki's year if he's continuing to be successful? He scored in both those Alsvenskan games he's played in since he come back. If he goes on a run on this team and is one of the leaders on that Alsvenskan team, like we all hoped for at the start of the year, when we all heard he was playing in the second division, I think we all looked at Lekaramaki and we said, okay, rip it up. Go be a top-line guy. Be a power play guy. Score a lot of points. You're in the second division. You did good in the SHL when you were 17. You should tear up this Alsvenskan league. And it didn't happen. But if he does this in the playoffs... That awesome. really sets him up for an off season where you can get excited about him again. Yeah, like whether or not I'm not putting too much stock into even the playoffs for me, it's just hit the ground running next season at okay. this point. Like have a if he goes on a run here and and he and he's started well in in surprisingly coming back from that foot injury, which people thought had ended his season. And I know the Canucks internally are impressed that he sort of came back mm-hmm. from that. He was like two that's weeks already ahead of great. Schedule, yeah, yeah, if, if he's. If he's solid through the playoffs, amazing. But I more so look at, I'm just hoping that he can hit the ground running next season. Of course, the kid just hasn't been able to catch a break. So much of it has been out of um, uh, his control when you look at first getting mono, when you look at uh, the number of injuries leading into the World Junior Tournament. Uh, all the tournament, traveling. All the traveling. In, yeah. like that, that's another part World of it, right? Junior tournaments you have the mono. Year. You have the mono, and I think... The Canucks felt that all the draft event related travel. You sound like an old person talking about the Facebook. You're like when you you have the mono. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the Canucks felt yeah. that the, all the traveling made his like impaired his recovery, right? Mm-hmm. Because it mono has a lasting impact for months, and uh, 
So you can understand why he's falling. Hopefully he can um, have a big year next season yeah. and, un- and, and stay healthy because uh, I think that's the key for him at this point. And hey, this this playoff run, though you mentioned you're not taking too much stock into it. I mean, you, you didn't say that directly, but you're saying it doesn't need to be I'm a not huge putting pressure run. on him right. that he needs to perform. Here's where the pressure comes from, though. They win this playoff in the Alsvenskin. They're back in the SHL. And I think True. that yeah, for an organization... Like Jurgarden is in Stockholm, I believe. They're the big there's no Stockholm team in the SHL this year. They're all they were all demoted. Like uh, the the multiple teams that are in Stockholm, which I believe is the biggest city in Sweden. Someone in the chat can let me know if I'm wrong there. Uh but obviously a big city. Uh, they them not having a team in the SHL is wild. So like Jurgarden, if they get back, that's gonna be huge for them uh moving forward here. And I think it's an even better opportunity for him. But I wouldn't I wouldn't hate to see him back in the Elsvenska next year to get another run at things and be a star. Like he absolutely has the potential to be a star in that league. Um so we'll have to see what happens and we'll have to see Jonathan LeCaramaki at uh, development camp as well, uh coming up here in the summer, which is gonna be a lot of fun. You'll wanna see you'll want to see him like if he if they're still in the all Allsvenskin like he needs to then rip it up because you for look sure. at, for example, like Jonathan Dallin, who obviously didn't really pan out here. You look at his um, track record. I want to pull it up here. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, yeah. So in his in, so Dallin drafted in the second round in 2016. In his in his uh, draft plus one season, he had 44 points in 45 games. So he was around a point per game. Then he was point per game again. So it's like next year. If he's back in the Allsvenskan, you want to see LeCaramaki at the point, point per game, per game type of thing. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. He's given all the opportunity in the world to do that. Like, he's power play one. He's, uh, the way that, like, the puck, the way it moves on the power play, a lot of it's going through him. So, it's not like this is a bad spot for development. It was just a bad year. Yeah. And I think that's something that'll happen. It, it's very unfortunate when, listen, the Canucks don't make a lot of first-round picks. And when it doesn't immediately work out and show well, like, you know, Quinn Hughes going back to Michigan and then going pro after one season after drafted, or Patterson going and winning the SHL MVP and then you know coming over to North America. Like it, we were, we were very spoiled for a while there oh, with yeah. uh, with high end first round picks. Uh, and Lacarmacki isn't that; he's a fifteenth overall pick. He's not a top five guy. He's not a top seven guy. That type of thing. He was a fifteenth overall pick. Where there's always risk, no matter where you're picking in the draft. There's more risk at 15 than there is at five. I feel like when you're drafting a player from yeah. you know best available, so uh, it's unfortunate. But it's it's a season where he's probably learned a lot. And I've talked to him. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I just it's been an up and down year, obviously. But to, for him to get back in the lineup early, I think was huge just for his his mental approach to the game of just being able to appreciate being back on the ice with his team, and especially in these big moments like coming back. Uh, for game three of your opening round of the playoffs, you score the first goal right off the top when you're back in the lineup. You score again. You guys sweep the series. Like, good vibes right now yeah. for Jonathan LeCaramacki. And I think that's something that he really needs. Just some good vibes around him in his life. And uh, I know it's good for him to stay there uh, because his family's close. Listen, when you're going through tough times, it's very good to have the family around uh, as well. And that's what he's going through right now. So good for him with that. Don't expect to see him here in North America anytime soon, aside from uh, development camp. Uh, but maybe at the end of next season, he's one of these guys who signs after, right, and comes and plays the AHL, whatever it may be. There's there's an option for that because Atu Ratu did that uh, at the end of last season with uh, Bridgeport when he jumped in the AHL. So maybe that's something we'll see from the Karimaki moving forward. Anything else we want to touch on here before we uh, get out of here? I think we're Nothing good. press. A lot of a lot of like little news thingies. Today. Oh, should we touch on um, 
Kizmenko. Kizmenko, yeah. yeah. We didn't do it off the top. Um, so, Pride Night tonight. The jerseys are absolutely gorgeous. Kind of a just definitely a letdown feeling uh, to hear from Rick Tockett today, who says, uh, when asked if um, if all the players were going to be wearing their Pride jerseys, Andre Kizmenko is not because of family reasons, was the thing that Rick Tockett said. And he says, I believe he's not going to. So we don't know like 100% for sure. Uh, but I don't think Talkit would put that out there. Yeah. If he wasn't for sure uh, not wearing that. So I find it, um, I don't want to let it distract. And you, you talked about this before we started recording here. It's unfortunate. It sucks. Doesn't make me very happy. But at the same time, I don't want this to take away from the night that's going to be incredible for the, the folks celebrating Pride Night tonight. And when I mean the folks celebrating Pride Night, I expect it to be all of Rogers Arena. Having a good time, enjoying what Pride Night is all about, and that's inclusivity. Um, we don't have, we haven't heard from Kuzmenko yet. We don't know why he's doing this. We heard family reasons from Rick Tockett. Um, we'll have to see what happens. I just, like you said, uh, before we started recording, uh, we want this to be about the night. We don't want to take away. We don't want to make this the story of the day. That's why it wasn't the thing we wanted to talk about off the top, but we should mention it though. Yeah. I think yeah. it is a news story. The biggest takeaway for me was that I'm glad the organization still continued with having the Pride Night jerseys, despite knowing that Kuzmenko, one of, the, one of the most popular players on the team, wasn't going to wear it. It would have been easy for the Canucks to look at that and do what the Minnesota Wild did, right? Where, because of Kaprizov, they said, you know, they said it, I don't know exactly what like what they said it with Kaprizov, but they were like, he's, he's not going to do it, so or, or he can't wear it. And so they just didn't wear Pride Night jerseys. So I'm glad that the Canucks still push forward with continuing this, with them wearing the jerseys and, and making it a special yeah. night. Uh, because again, it 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 means a lot to the city, and and uh, you know it would have like I'm sure it would have been easy for some people to go. Well, we don't want to expose Kuzmenko. We don't want to put him in a situation where he's he's open to criticism or whatever. Uh, I'm glad that they still recognize that look this is a very important um important night and that um it's uh, it's still going to be a special occasion yeah i think that's the way we're going to look at it anyways celebrate the night celebrate the the festivities i know there's a lot of stuff going on we talked about it yesterday on the show um so we'll wrap it up there um enjoy your weekend harm any big plans for the weekend tomorrow I mean, uh, tomorrow you got a I'm smile on with, your uh, face something's going good i, I just date. remember it. no no <laughs> Um, one of my, uh, one of my buddies, he's been trying to get me out to, uh, go to one of his, uh, his hockey games mm. forever. And our, like our schedules just haven't aligned cause yeah. he's, a, he's a busy, uh, busy guy and, um, he's, he's a DJ. So he's like always like, you know, all, all around, like he's in Miami last weekend or whatever. But, um, he's, he's a huge Canucks fan, like massive, massive Canucks fan right. tunes into all the podcasts. Uh, reads the athletic Canucks Twitter, whole nine yards, and um, and our schedules finally worked out. So I'm, I'm going to be going and uh, watch game. I'm going to be scouting to see if there's any right shot defensemen. Hey, there we go. Um, and Canucks already got enough of those guys, man. They're looking for left shot guys uh, now. Yeah, well, any any defense uh, talent at this point. But uh, uh, no, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, that's good. that's uh, going to be fun tomorrow. All right, let me get my word of the day here because I nailed it pretty early, um, and it looks like my video is actually working now. Um, 
satiate. Oh, I thought that was a very clever use of the word when I heard it live. I thought so too. I thought it was you, good. I, I was like, this is. This I was like, that. That's fire. That's a good. One. I'm missing. I don't do the weekend ones. One of this weekend's words. Bogus. Ah, that would have been a good one to run on here on the show. Oh, bogus is fun. Bogus is a great word. Well, now the video is working. Eh? At the last second here. That's too bad. Um, but appreciate everyone tuning in. I did see a question. Uh, was it Yanni Yermo? Somebody asked about in the chat here. Uh, when does Yanni Yermo's uh, rights to his contract expire? That'll be June 1st, 2024. Uh, so the Canucks will have until next year. So expectation is they bring him over after next season. He's going back for another year. Uh, he, he needs to take a step to earn that contract, though. Sure. and he, I, It was a stagnant year for him this, yep, this season. No, it was. I think there was some times to be positive throughout the year, but it wasn't a full year of positives for sure. There was definitely yeah. some step backs, and there were some slumps where he was not playing a lot of minutes either. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I think he'd be a guy that, you know, he wants to get to Abbotsford. I know that. Like yeah. He wants to get to North America. Um, so he's got to play better this year to earn that contract at the end of the season. So uh, we'll wrap things up there. Harm, uh, appreciate you stopping by. Brought to you by the great folks there. Zephyr Epic, uh, promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S. Uh, that'll get you $5 off your order. Or you can go into the store in Surrey and just scream Hockey Season, and they will give you $5 if you buy something. Um, so that is, uh, that's our promo code. Be sure to use that. And free shipping Canada-wide from our great folks over there at ZephyrEpic.com, as well as Zephyr Epic on all of the Instagrams, the Twitters, or as... Harm calls it the Facebook. Uh, you head over to those sites, <laughs> Zephyr Epic. They got you covered for all of your trading card needs, Pokemon, Magic, all that good stuff. Baseball season's here. The baseball cards are rolling. Uh, a lot of good stuff here. Do you have a Do you have a baseball team? I think I've heard Farhan and you. Oh yeah, I, back I, and forth. I'll. I okay. So I don't. I'm, I don't really watch baseball that much. So you don't watch like ever in the summer. You know, sometimes like, I'll okay. throw on a game once sure. in a while, but I'm not like a diehard. Mm. I I'd say there was that Mariners blue Jays sort yep. of debate. I don't know for me growing up as a kid, I always, I always played the MLB video games and I always picked the blue Jays. Yeah. And that, um, that run when they had Bautista and, um, and Donaldson and Carnacion, like that core group, fun. I that, that was so much fun to watch. And Seattle never really registered. Like, I don't know. I, I don't like the, I don't like the overbearing Canada's team thing, but yeah. at the same time as a Canadian, I still, I still felt that yeah. the Blue Jays were, 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 you know, we the North the ones. Yeah, I got you. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I, which is funny because I, I'm not a Raptors fan in, in the NBA. Huh. In, in the NBA, I always like when they played uh, Golden State. I was rooting for the Raptors to lose. Damn. Canadian so I'm, I'm not a Toronto guy, okay? okay fair enough. Don't loop me Toronto in with the Drancer there. Yeah, no. Uh, that, the, all the athletic band guys are uh, big Toronto guys. <laughs> you learned that here first. All right, we'll wrap things up on that note. Uh, appreciate everybody all week long here in the chat. It's been another awesome week. Uh, another great week for the YouTube channel as well, just in general. We're going to keep those um, those Tuesday Blackfish articles coming out. Uh, or Sorry, Blackfish videos uh, on the Canucks Army account. Those have done great. Appreciate everybody who leaves a comment. Uh, before you get out of here, if you've made it this far, I really appreciate you making through the uh, the video issues that we've had but i'm gonna ask you to do one more thing throw a like on this video let's uh let's bump that likes up over 20 here uh for a show even though you may have not liked uh the struggle on the video there but we'll keep banging things out here on the youtube channel uh and we'll be back for another five shows next week another busy week for us here as the season's starting to close out but the hl playoffs they're just around the corner so we got something to be excited about here harm uh for my co-host Harmon dial for our producer clip master aaron uh, my name's Chris Faber, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. 
Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?